2: Start your comeback at PurdueGlobal.edu.
1: Hey, this is Bridget, and you're listening to Stuff Mom Never Told You. Now, SMinty listeners, I just got to say thank you. Thank you so much for sticking with us during this transition. We all miss Emily, and I know it's been an interesting time of different kinds of episodes and different voices, and I hope you've had fun listening as much as I've had fun producing this content for y'all. And today, I am so, so, so excited to introduce y'all to some new voices that you're going to be hearing a lot more of in the coming days. My good pals, Annie and Eves. Hi, this is Annie. Hi, this is Eves. And we're so happy to be
3: here. Thank you so much for, for having us. And we're very excited to, yeah, help you produce the content, Bridget, and be a part of this whole Sminty community.
1: Yeah, we totally miss Emily too, but we're so excited to be here with you, Bridget. Well, I'm excited to have y'all. And actually, it's funny that you mentioned Emily because we all got a chance to hang out during Emily and I's last studio session. Here's a little bit of how it sounded. We really
2: enjoyed listening to you. We did. From, we did. from far away. Yes.
1: Aww. We feel like we'll we to... know
2: you in that weird <laughs> podcast way.
0: I love that. <laughs> I love the magic of podcasts for that. Well, I'm excited to keep listening to Stuff I've Never Told You Myself.
1: Listen, we know. We know that transitions can be a little bit awkward sometimes, but here at Sminty, we're all about radical transparency. So we figured, why not let y'all join in on the awkward fun? So, Eve's, Annie, and I met for drinks at Ladybird, one of Atlanta's best bars, just to chat and get to know each other. Cheers. 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 So, we could do this. Yeah. Wait, do you guys do the cheers and then put down or cheers and then drink? It depends. I'm not as serious about it as some people are. You know, some people are you have that. to do that. Yeah. yeah. Answer,
3: really.
1: And I've heard people say, oh, if you cheers and you don't look people in the eyes, it's will have luck. Oh, you'll have bad sex for seven, seven years. Something's bad sex. That's news to me. I yeah. think I, I must have done that seven years ago. I must oh, have done that. But Brett, any day <laughs> <one that can laughs> it.
3: Yeah, it's the only explanation. <laughs> I believe um, tapping this, if you tap your glass on the table in Hungary,
1: that means you're. It used to be a political statement, and it meant you were like with the rebels. And it's oh, a really mm. bad thing. Wait, so Amy, I always forget that you are this wacky food expert, so you know probably all these, you know, details about food and eating and culture that most people wouldn't know.
3: Yeah, I try very hard to keep it um, manageable nerdery, so at a party I I try not to scare people away. (laughs) Did you know (laughs) that that food you're eating has this Huge history and all of it's fascinating, and they're looking at me with terror
2: in their eyes. <laughs> Why? Are you and like, Dude, I'm it? just trying to eat. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <give> me alone, <laughs> I do not know who you are. <laughs> That's another
3: level. <laughs> okay, are we ready for the question? Yeah. Do it. All right. What was your first job?
2: Okay, I'll kick it off. I guess um, it's not that interesting. Um, so I worked at Ingalls was my first job, which is a grocery store. If that's not like a national chain, I don't know if it is or not. So, yeah. um, but I was a cashier. That's like a typical first job, I guess. Um, and I didn't love it. I, I feel like most people can agree with that. <laughs> um, there were really no interesting things that happened to me while I was there. It was just like very rote. Mm-hmm. Um, But I guess if we're talking job, do, do jobs you weren't paid for count as jobs, like yeah. volunteer jobs? So when I was like, I think I was around 10 years old, um, I had a summer, in quotes, job um, in Columbia, South Carolina at a library, which was like, uh-huh. I loved, even though I didn't do anything at all. While <laughs> I was there, I like reorganized some things and whatnot. It wasn't like a super elaborate job, but I loved it because I got to be around books the whole time I was there. Yeah. So that's it. Yeah. What about y'all? Well, before I answer, I do
3: want to say, uh, like, um, a couple months ago, I was in an Ingalls for the first time in years. And they still have that video rental section. And I took pictures of it because I
2: I was like, this still exists? Yeah. We didn't have that at ours. (laughs) But the vestige of the past that that Ingalls do have is they don't have conveyor belts. Like oh, people, still, people still, people <gasps> still. It's a grocery store. I've never <laughs> heard of it. This <laughs>
1: an Atlanta but, or a, a South. I think it might I think be. It might a, be a yeah, it thing. might be a
2: Southern thing. I mean, I've never heard of it. So people, I believe you. <laughs> <laughs> people have to push. I feel like I'm bashing angles right now, but people have to push their grocery carts up to the thing still, mm-hmm. and the cashiers have to unload it, which I feel like is a back. Problem like a back sure, issue, yeah.
1: Um, you're basically saying you're gonna sue your former employer. <laughs> like, if you're listening, lawsuit <laughs> <get ready, bro, laughs> <laughs> we Americans are very litigious. Uh, <laughs> this is true.
2: This, this is true. Is <laughs> true.
3: Yeah, <laughs> I applied for a job at Ingalls and did not get it. What? So, <laughs> it still stands. You don't
2: have to worry about it's okay.
1: <laughs> you're not missing out on anything. <laughs> oh, I love it. Yeah, I've never heard of this store, now I want to find one. Yeah, Bengals or Ingles? Ingles. In-ingles. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's some around here. Yeah. The first
3: thing I think of that I had as a job was when I was nine. I worked for my uncle at a marina. My uncle is rich, by the way. And I was hoping to get like a big paycheck, but it was a life lesson because I got to the end of this summer of working there, and I'm like, okay, pay okay, up. Yeah. And he said, well, we never agreed on terms, so here's a Snickers bar.
1: Oh. And to this
3: day. I, I it like imprinted a life lesson on me that your
1: uncle is a d- <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, I'm You know, that's worse than getting nothing. But at the same time, I'm really amazed that she waited until the end of the summer to ask for any money.
1: What am like, talk about terms, <laughs> right? <laughs> right.
3: <laughs> and he knew just to you know twist the knife. He knew I didn't like sneakers.
2: Oh, <gasps> what a jerk! Man, that really sucks. But
3: you know, a hard work ethic—that's what I learned, mm. as he likes to say. Um, did you eat the Snickers?
1: No. <laughs> what did you do with it? Did I think, think <laughs> I just stared at it sadly. Burned it <laughs> in effigy. <laughs> yeah. <and laughs> throw it in his face. So done. Melted it and smeared it on his car. It was oh, a fun. Snickers. Are really too. Too. It's not you my too. first rodeo. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Revenge. <laughs> Elaborate revenge plots. <laughs> I know not to be on your bad side now.
1: Accurate.
3: No, yeah, definitely not. Mm-hmm. I think my first real job was um, working at those fancy booths at football stadiums. Oh man, I know so little about football. and revealing myself. Yeah. Uh, but where where people go? The boxes. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, pet the yeah. box. Yeah. Those are nice. And I would bring in. I would load in all of their alcohol and food mm-hmm. and then take their orders. And the best part about that job was at the end, they were all so drunk. And I had to make sure they got home safely, but they would give me all of their food because they were too drunk oh. to realize, You know, maybe I could keep this. Oh, have it, have it. So I would have food for weeks, which is in college students.
2: pretty great. <laughs> Do you have any horror stories that really stand out in your mind from that time? <laughs> I had one woman, who was determined
3: to... I don't know if drive home is what she was going to do, but she was not going to let me get her safely in a car. And I was trying to convince her, and she was not having it, and she fell over the stair, the stair railing, and she was fine, but I was terrified that this woman might have just died, and it was going to be like... Oh, oh my God. Yeah, but she just got up and kind of... <laughs> sterile <laughs> water. Um,
1: drunk people tend to be pretty resilient when they like, yes. get hurt. They tend to be... They're so loose. so <laughs> <summer-wise. they're> loose. <laughs> right.
3: Yeah. What about you, Bridget? Uh,
1: so my first job, I don't know if you could really call it a job, but my mom is a pediatrician and she has her own private practice. And so I spent many summers filing and checking in, you know, um, patients and all of that. I was a terrible employee. I should have been fired many times. (laughs) Luckily, my mom kept me around. Um, It was a good job. It was interesting to see different parents and their kids and sort of the challenges that, that come with parenthood. And so I feel like at an early age, it was interesting to see, to be in that environment. So, I, don't, I actually don't know that I got paid though. She'll probably file some sort of labor dispute yeah, with your mom. mom. <laughs> like years <laughs> Serve later. Her some papers. Yeah, yeah. She better watch out. <laughs> uh, my first paid job was in a movie theater. Uh, I love movies. I'm a movie person. Mm-hmm. And when I was in high school, I worked at the popcorn counter at a movie theater in my hometown. And I worked from doing concessions to doing projection. And so, When I finally worked my way up from concessions to projection, it was like the best because you basically got to watch movies all day for free. I've always wanted that. And so you basically, you know, you got to be by yourself in a little room um, watching movies. And the worst part of the job was having to make sure that there was no, I guess you might say riffraff going on in the theater. You can imagine, I mean, this is also a small town, so you can imagine, like, the kind of thing people would try to do in small town movie theaters. And so, you know, it was like little high school Bridget, you know, all 110 pounds of her. It was my job to make sure that there was no riffraff or funny Funny business business. going on in the theaters. (laughs) Uh, I wasn't great at that. I mean, usually I would be like, unless someone is... Like legit doing something Mm. that they shouldn't be doing. I usually just let it slide. Yeah. I hope my old manager doesn't hear that. (laughs) We're gonna make sure that happens. Yeah. I imagine like
2: projectionist—that was your title, Mm -hmm. right? I just feel like there's just so much aura around that title. I don't know. Do you you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Like there's a certain mystique about the projectionist. Oh, is there? Yeah.
3: Well, I think there used to be, and not no slight against you, Bridget, but I think there used to be a thing, a skill involved, because you had to wait for the cigarette burn and you would move out the... I want
1: to be very clear, by the time I was doing this, it was not a job that involved a lot of skill. (laughs) So I think (laughs) back in the day, I've heard, like, back in the day, it was, like, more... You know, I was basically making sure that nothing went wrong. Right, It wasn't really... It was kind of, like, on its own. I would love to do the... um, have you ever seen the movie Fight Club? Yes, do you know, that's the scene what I was thinking, thinking of, where, yeah. Like, when he's able to, like, swap out the mm-hmm. film? Mm-hmm. I never had that that chance. It was nothing, like, you know, not something I could do, yeah. but, um... Yeah. Yeah, it could make this happen
3: for you, That
1: would be a... It's a lifelong dream is to, like... Swap out the movie that is supposed to be playing like with another movie. Yeah. <laughs> we can make this. We can check up. it off the bucket list. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it wouldn't be as nefarious as, as in Fight Club. Sure. It would be more like you came to see Hot Tub Time Machine, and now <laughs> you're watching this obscure documentary about French art. Enjoy.
3: <laughs> I, when I was in middle school, I think seventh grade, me and my friend tried to go see Troy, and we were underage, and my friend. She wore a shirt that had the year on it and said clearly she was in seventh grade, like, no. yes, in track clothes. And so they read the shirt and was like, Get <laughs> out of here, you hooligans! Track
2: clothes, <laughs> 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 amazing!
3: So we bought tickets to see some kids' ice age or something, and we went, we snuck into Troy, but
1: uh, it's still. She sticks with me. <laughs> she wore that shirt. She's not an experienced fool yeah. breaker at all. No. Sne- I gotta say, sneaking into the movies was a very early, like, you know, f- slightly scandalous joy of mine as a youth, you yeah. know? me too. Buying a ticket to one movie and then seeing another, you mm-hmm. know, d- doing a, a double feature for free. Yeah. Sneaking candy into the movies. That was like a big, early, fun, nefarious thing yeah. that I loved. Me too. The
3: first, one of the first times I got in trouble was because I had a nightmare about raptors. And my parents were asking me, why did you have this nightmare? You haven't seen any movies with dinosaurs in it, have you? Because they knew I snuck in to see Jurassic Park. <laughs> and eventually, I had to admit, I had to fess up. Yeah, I I, I know about
2: raptors, Mom. <laughs> I know things. I like how that's the scandalous movie out of all the movies you could have seen. Like sneaking in wasn't a big thing for me though. I don't. I feel like I. I don't think I ever did it honestly. The only thing I can remember about going into like R-rated movies with my parents when I was young, and it was Stigmata, which oh, is a I love movie, that movie. It's a movie that like haunted me and was like my, like a scariest movie for me for a long time because yeah. I saw it when I was so young and it is pretty intense because there's yeah. a lot of actual blood. Mm-hmm. Like you know how it like does, movies now movies. they don't actually people will die but you don't see the blood Secondary. like to keep it for yeah. And um, I remember specifically somebody saying on my way out, and I I don't know like 99? I don't remember yeah, when that movie came out. I think so. But um, somebody saying like to my mom, you took your kid to see this? You know? Mm,
1: yeah. I don't remember what happened after that. But I got to so two things to say about that. One, and again, I feel like I'm like bashing my parents in this way but I'm doing it lovingly. I had the kind of parents that would take us to like pretty intense movies when we were very young because they were like, we're not paying for a babysitter. Like, you're going to come with us. So I've seen like pretty intense movies you're we thinking, what kind of person picks their kid to this movie? It's like, my parents were I've seen a lot of scary movies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I remember going to see Chucky when it was in theaters. I must have been like five. And I, to this day, I am like terrified of Chucky. Like really, as an adult. Um, I mean, it's it. understandable. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I was um, at a movie pretty recently. Um, something that was, a, oh, it was Get Out. And I remember hearing a ba- like an infant cry and somebody shouted out, am I going to have to punch an infant? (laughs) But it is like who would bring their they're like it was like a baby. (laughs) Who would bring their baby to a movie like that? Right,
2: right.
1: Wow. That's terrible. Um, Yeah, so don't bring your baby to the movies. Unless it's a a movie for babies. Yes, a
3: movie for babies. (laughs) When I was nine... Um, we could just talk about movies this whole time. Yeah, this is I mean, that would be great. <laughs> my, I went to visit my family in Florida for the first time, and my cousins wanted to go see Air Force One, oh, but I was too young. But they snuck me in through the back and I see this movie. And I, I had a fear at the time already of Gary Oldman, and then I see him in this movie, and it's just, I knew it. <laughs> um, <laughs> so later that night. I was left alone in the hotel and I saw this white band drive by and it was spraying some kind of fog and I didn't know what it was, but I thought this terrorist, (laughs) Gary Oldman, has come for me. And I thought I was going to die, truly. So I opened the fridge. And I found a pack of Fresca, which I thought was beer, because I wanted to get drunk one time before I died. Oh, and I wait, how were you
2: again? Nine. <laughs> okay, okay. And I drank okay. six
3: Fresca, like <laughs> downed them. Aww. Oh. And then I, I thought I was. Then drunk. Then you had the
2: worst bubble gut ever. Yes. Yeah, you like,
1: just felt sick. I thought <laughs> like, I, I was drunk, drunk
3: <laughs> but I wasn't. But I, I guess the caffeine or like the feeling oh, of yeah. maybe I am drunk. Uh. I ran outside screaming. We're all going to die. They're terrorists. I'm running by hotel room saying wow. this. And I ran past my aunt's hotel room, and I fell and broke my ankle inside with like, a little water drainage thing. And uh, my,
2: my cousin's got in such big trouble. So I have a question. Yes. Um, how many times have you broken a limb or something on your body? Thirteen. I, oh I knew it was going to be a lot because of that story. <laughs> Are you a klutz? I'm very clumsy. So you're used to, like, the whole healing process and, like, going through it by now, she's a trooper. Wow. <laughs> Damn.
3: I also have 13 concussions. Oh, my God. And my doctor seriously was trying to get me to wear some type of helmet in my everyday life. And I said, I can't do it. Oh, I yeah. Mean, It'll, it'll just be a life ender. Wow. <laughs> we, we, can, we gotta keep our eye on you. <laughs> oh my gosh. You guys have a lot of broken bones? None,
1: fortunately. You've never broken a bone? Mm-mm. Okay. Uh, I have not broken a lot of bones. I've broken my collarbone several mm. times. So you, might, you could actually kind of see. It's like, uh, not yeah. so doesn't look right. Um, it's because I've broken it so many times. first time I broke it, I was a child, like four or five, and it never quite healed correctly. And so I've told this story on the podcast. And it's not one that makes me look very good. But when I was in college, I was sitting, I was at a party and I was sitting in the window or like, no, I was sitting on a, uh, like a, I guess window is right. Like it's like a large window, balcony situation and somebody was going around with a cooler throwing beers at people. And I was talking to this guy, I was trying to impress. I was like, oh, I want him to think I'm like a cool, you know, cool girl. So I was like, hey, throw me beer. And the guy threw me a beer, and I just went over the balcony. Oh, no. And it was a second-story balcony, so I broke my collarbone. Oh, I left the party in an ambulance. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> it was...
2: I hope the party ended after that. No, it kept going. No. Uh, <laughs> oh, that I is an going. epic party. So, I should say, right. like, I was the kind of,
1: like, girl who was, like... When, you know the girl when you were in college who was, like, getting drunk? I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm going to do a headstand. Or, like, I'm uh, going to do a flip. Yeah, like, yeah. I was really athletic in... In school, and when I started drinking in college, the two things kind yeah. of merged. So I was that that like reckless person who was like, "I'm gonna climb this thing; like, it's gonna be great." You know, yeah. <laughs> so I was often getting hurt. Yeah, trying to like look cool or impress people or being a drunken idiot. <laughs> what was the
2: name of that movie that came out like several years ago that was about like college parties? It's called like Project X or something. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. 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 I heard that just reminded me of yeah, that. Yeah, I had a lot of my
1: college days. Is... I'm glad they're behind me, but I just had a lot of Project X style parties. Yeah. <laughs> More after a quick break.
4: Hi, I'm Antonia Blythe, and this is 20 Questions on Deadline. Joining me today is Alison Bree.
1: Looking for a smaller or bigger screen? Vizio offers unbeatable prices on all V-Series 4K smart TVs. Head to Walmart.com today and score the 4K TV you've been waiting for. And we're back. Let's get right back to it. Do y'all want to try another question? Yeah. Okay. So,
2: what are you reading right now? So, I just started reading This Will Be My Undoing by Morgan Durkin.
1: Oh, uh... So- Superstar, She's, like, on a global tour right now. Yeah. I'm insanely jealous of how successful she is. She's amazing. Yeah, it's awesome. And um, also,
2: there's always more than one thing. Yeah. I feel like there's something else. I'll leave it
1: there, because I can't remember what else it is. What about you? Um, so, I have to admit, I'm not a huge reader. Um, I often, like, start books and stop them and all of that. Two books that I'm in the middle of now are... Um, we Are Never Meaning in Real Life by Samantha Irby, which is like a collection of funny, poignant essays about um, kind of like a life lived online and sort of like feminine, from a really interesting sort of feminist perspective of what it's like to be a blogger, somebody who exists on online spaces, but then it's also a real person, you know, it's kind of interesting. Another one that I'm in the middle of that I am super, super late on is Just Kids by Patti Smith. Oh, wow. um, Yeah, it's so good. So I'm not a huge Patty Smith fan, although I feel like I should be because she's this, like, rad woman. Yeah. Uh, but her writing is so evocative, right? And I guess I, as someone who thinks of myself as, like, a creative, it's very interesting how her, she sees herself as a creative who is in a relationship with another creative and sort of how that, how their relationship kind of becomes its own, like, uh, Creative product in a kind of way, you know. It's very, it's very touching. It's very sad, and she just like is such a cool person. Yeah, she really. Yeah, is. if I could, if I could be as cool
2: as Patty Smith, I would die very happy. <laughs> <laughs> That's really funny. And I remember the other book that I'm in the middle of, which is uh, it's a book of stories by Zora Neale Hurston. Ooh, yeah. um, and it's one of those things. I don't know if y'all feel the same way, but like short story collections aren't like I have to digest them over time. Like reading one after the next, after the next is kind of like tiring. Yeah, right. Yeah. So that's like kind right. of want to like almost a palate cleanser. I have right.
1: a short story collection to suggest for you. Okay, okay. It's called Whatever Happened to Interracial Love. It's very good. Um, you write that. Down if right? you're into like Azora Hurston's short story collection, you will love it. It's very, very good. Can you say the name again? Whatever happened to Interracial Love? Okay, it's very good. Don't let the title scare you off. No. it's <laughs> very
2: good. No, it won't. <laughs> I know what you're thinking. <laughs> uh,
1: but no, it's, it's like, she's, I forget the name of the author, but she's this, like, amazing, sort of like a Zora Neale Hurston, like, undiscovered black female writer from, like, way back when, who tragically went kind of undiscovered, and you know, sort of now, after her death, having her sort of, her due. And so, um, it's a great book. I cannot recommend it enough. You will love it. Cool. Thank you. Yeah of love book rec- recommendations, even though, like I said, I
2: feel overwhelmed. I mean, there's only so many hours in the day,
1: you know? <laughs> yeah, I'm, I just acknowledge, like, I to just acknowledge, like, I'm a bad reader. Mm. It takes me so long to get through a book. And it's like, you know, you're busy, and I don't know, I have a friend, and we always joke that he knows me well enough now that whenever I say, if someone's like, oh, um, if it's a movie that was based on a book. If somebody says like, "Oh, did you read the book?" and I say yes, what I actually mean is no. But I saw the movie. Yeah. That I read the Wikipedia yeah. about the book. Yeah. So you know, it's like whenever I'm like, "Yeah, I read it," and he's like, "She didn't read it." It's <laughs> <laughs> like lying about books I've read for a long time now. <laughs> you get a long career
2: of lying. I feel like too that the internet has a big, like, is a major part of that because you just have so much. You may be reading a book, but you're also reading a ton of articles mm-hmm. on the internet at the same time, yeah, and that's taking up that's a lot true. of your reading time. Yes i noticed that in college
3: because i was such a voracious reader all through elementary school middle school high school and when i got college i had so much assigned reading Mm -hmm. that i was reading a lot but it was never anything that i was very pumped about reading so and that was it sort of distanced me from reading for a while because it i was reading for Work for school, but not for pleasure.
2: Yeah. You mean you didn't want to read James Joyce's Ulysses? Uh-huh. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> that book. Yeah, I read it, yeah. <laughs> um,
3: yeah, I mean, I have had some great luck. I went to Georgia Tech, which is a technical school, but they make you take one liberal arts class. And uh, I was fortunate in that the teacher was a big sci fi apocalypse kind of fan and he on his reading list was octavia e butler oh yeah like these books that i loved so in that case in that one particular class in my entire college career i did enjoy the assigned reading and every book i read i'm so glad i read yeah and a lot of books i've read that i didn't like i am glad i read them yeah even if they were difficult that's
1: what's up that's real i have a um i am a PhD dropout. I was trying to get a PhD in literature, which is a lot of reading, and I ended up not finishing it to my to the horror of my parents and family. Um, but I felt the same way, right? That I loved reading, but once it became clear that in order to graduate with my doctorate, it was just dependent on me being able to like get through just like massive, like massive, like academic essays and shit. I just like did not care about, and so it would be like. I would read a book that I loved and then I had to read like 10 academic explorations of that book and right. I was like no I just want to read the book like, yeah. <laughs> and that was I mean there were many reasons why I dropped out but that was a big one feeling like, right. like I had to. I had picked something that I was passionate about to study, mm-hmm. and make my life and my career around. But that that was actually kind of a mistake because during that time of my life, I like never read for fun or for pleasure. Right. Like, mm-hmm. I never wrote for fun or for pleasure. It just was. Yeah. It just becomes so mechanical, yeah, kind of. So it just, just was too compl- academic. Joy was, it was completely just drained out yeah. of it. Yeah. That's
2: understandable.
3: That's another thing for me is I like writing, and so sometimes when I'm reading, I'm thinking to myself, I could be writing. Yeah, which constant struggle. (laughs) Yeah, it somehow feels like I'm doing more when I'm writing, even though reading is very valuable and totally legitimate. Yeah, but I guess writing is this kind of action that's happening that you can see progress. So I have trouble. I'll be reading, I'm like, I could just be writing.
2: Oh, writing—that's a constant like struggle for me too. Because it's like I'm like, oh, I'm reading, and this is for inspiration. Like when I'm writing, I'm like. If I, like, lose a little bit of inspiration, I'm like, oh, like, let me go to reading because I'll get some inspiration from there. And then I get there and I'm like, why am I wasting my time when I could actually be writing? So, yeah, it's always that, like, back and forth and back and forth cycle for me, too. Yeah. And I keep trying to remind myself
3: reading is a different and equally valuable thing. And Mm -hmm. it does help with the writing. It's it's hard to separate when you feel like, "Oh, oh, well, I'm having fun doing this. I should be working.
1: Because we're always hours counting, right? With all the things that we're
3: doing. Oh, yeah.
1: It sucks. That's, like, my least favorite thing about myself is, like, if I'm just reading and I'm enjoying something, somehow it's like, oh, I'm not doing something productive. productive. But it actually is productive. Like, when you're reading, you know, your synapses are firing and you're, you know, Mm -hmm. you flexing your creative muscles, even if you're just reading. You know, it sucks that we get hung up on, at least I get hung up on, you know, spent three hours reading this book, and what do I have to show for it? You know. Yeah. You have nothing to prove, Bridget. I know. This, this is why, like, whatever this, this makes me sound like an idiot, but whenever I finish a book, I tell everybody, I'm like, have you read this book? I just finished this book. Like, I'm so obnoxious. <laughs> No, I mean, that
2: means it affected you, right? Yeah. That means it had an impact yeah. on you, and it was memorable, which I is can't, great. I
1: can slide it into casual
2: conversation. <laughs> yeah, like, hey, you <laughs> got any
1: <laughs> opportunity. <You're just laughs> <playing>. I was just <laughs> reading this book. Mm. Books, ever oh. heard of them? Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. love it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's take a
4: quick break. Tired of spills and stains on your sofa? Wash away your worries with anime.
1: I was worried we'd bring back the same team. Oh no, I meant those blackout motorized shades. MVP of the room. Blinds.com made it crazy affordable to replace our old blinds. Hard to install? No, it's easy. Even you could do it. Nice. I installed these and then got some for my mom too. What, you fly across the country to do the install? Nope, blinds.com can do it all. All she had to do was pick what she wanted. She talked to a design consultant for free and scheduled a professional measure and install. Look at you, Hall of Fame son. Oh, I just picked the winning team. They're the number one online retailer of custom window coverings in the world. Oh, Blinds.com is the GOAT. The GOAT. He shoots. He
0: scores. Go to Blinds.com for 40% off site-wide and a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Go right now for 40% off site-wide at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Okay, quick math. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a -a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to NetSuite.com slash stereo right now. NetSuite.com slash stereo. NetSuite.com slash stereo.
1: And we're back. Okay. Um, What was your favorite band 10 years ago? Uh, so, oh, I'll I, be the
2: first to fist up to this. So I'm looking at Annie's face It looks like she has a really good, good one. So, do you want to take it first? Uh, it's not very good. I, I was just very passionate about it.
3: I was a huge Green Day fan.
1: Ah, uh, I've seen them in concert. I, me too. I've actually seen their, um, what is it, Play? Yes, I've seen American, it too. American Idiot. American, idiot. idiot. <laughs> I've seen You're, it. Wait, you actually are still a fan. Yeah. Okay. Let's let
2: just like be
1: honest. Let's not let's <laughs> not judge each other. We all are. Transparency, <laughs> Annie. <laughs> all right. All right. All
3: right. I was in the fan club. Everybody. <laughs> I would get the secret emails and the behind the scenes clips. I snuck into concerts. I drove to Tennessee. I drove to South Carolina. I was a very big fan. I love that. I was. My goal was. I don't know. And the concerts, he gives away. The lead singer, Billy Joe, gives away a guitar to someone. He just picks random people, and they come up, and they play, um, what is that? Welcome to Paradise? Uh, Longview. Oh. Yeah. And he gives away the guitar, and it was my Dream. To one day get called up there. I learned to play guitar for it. Oh. I did everything and I never made it. And I still kind of hold out. hope that,
1: One day, I mean, it's not too late. It's true. I also, went to a concert last year. Oh, I, I, bet, I bet those concerts are sparsely attended now. But you probably have a chance. <laughs> just
3: kidding. One? <laughs> one day it's just me and the crowd. <laughs> well, there's no
1: one else okay. to pick. wait one thing. Oh, no. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I love Green Day. I'm just joking.
3: <laughs> I did go to one last year and it seemed pretty pretty, uh, popular, that's not, well attended. But it, it was interesting mix of people. It was, uh, like, a lot of older people, a lot of younger people. Oh, yeah. so, good for you, Green Day. Oh,
2: yeah. me. Okay, so that's 2008. I'm going to take us through a journey. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, so... The year was 2008. Yeah. <laughs> the president was Barack Obama. Right, right. <laughs> I was in high school. So... You were in baseball, 2008? I was. I graduated. I was there 2007 to 2011. How old are 20. you? I'm 24. Oh my god. About to be 25. Birthday's coming up. Oh, my! Too. Oh. oh, look at there. We'll talk about that later. Um. <laughs> so, I would say band. I'm gonna use the term band loosely and just go to musical groups. I don't think I had a favorite band. It was 2008. I was really in my hip hop stage at that point, point. and <laughs> oh god, it's so embarrassing. I was really into the Cool Kids, which is like the very beginning of the hipster age. Oh, my God. I, I went to a Cool Kids concert in, I believe it was 2008, November, um, at Center Stage um, in Midtown. And it was with Janelle Monae, Q-Tip, and the Cool Kids, which is a great lineup. Yeah, that's
1: a great lineup. And
2: it was like my first real cool show. Like Before that, I had been to like a lot of lame concerts I'm not gonna call anybody out, but um, <laughs> but I remember I got there like two hours early, like I was so excited. I like saw Janelle Monet like beforehand, and she's like, "Hey," and she's like, "Amazing!" So I was like, "Right," she almost kicked me in the face that night, which I'll never forget. She didn't actually do it, but you know she's like a like so expressive in her performance. Um, and it was like I was in the very it was at that point in my life where I was like eager to get there early at the very front of the stage. It was just a great experience because like Q-tip, I mean, come on now. That's you so know cool. what I mean? Um so yeah, it was definitely the cool kids. Like I, I was into them like really heavy. I was
1: total hipster mode like throughout all, <laughs> all like parts of my life. So I love it. <laughs> I went to a cool kid so this is so, cool kids is still a subject of debate among myself and a friend of mine because we went to a cool kids show in DC many years ago, and they had some sort of—they were great. They had some sort of technical problem, and so they had to stop the show temporarily. And when they stopped it, the crowd was sort of getting a little bit restless. And they were like, "Okay, so in the meantime, we're going to do a freestyle battle." And so they picked people from the audience to come up and freestyle. And the first guy they picked, who were thinking like. Of course, this is like not gonna go well. The first part I picked was unbelievably good, and to this day, my friend thinks that the entire thing, the entire like technical problem, was a setup, and that guy was a plant because he was like, there's just no way <laughs> someone perfect. could be this good. Like it doesn't make sense. So to this day, my friend maintains that that was like a setup that wasn't actually. Yeah, I love that. Sometimes you know, life works out a mysterious way. Yeah. But- Whoever that guy is, I hope he has an illustrious free lay- or a right. freestyle career. Maybe he'll write in. Yeah, I hope he does. Yeah. If he listens, right. I would love to hear from
3: him. We, we can great. solve this mystery. Yeah. Oh my I God, I would die. Solve. It's we're
1: like this gonna... Connections on Craigslist. Yeah, this is like are rebooting <laughs> Starly Kind's mystery show like, on this podcast.
3: <laughs> Excellent. A podcast within a podcast. Oh, it's very meta. Love it.
1: Um, no, Marshall. 10 years ago, it sort of, it's sort of similar. My favorite band 10 years ago... I remember very clearly the moment that they became not my favorite band. Um, so I also was like in a hipster phase and I was really into this, I guess you would call them like an experimental noise band from Baltimore called Animal Collective. Uh, yep. So like in college, I was like heavy obsessed with Animal Collective. I had all their records. Mm. Sung Tongs is my favorite album. I was so into them, blah, blah, blah. I went to them in concert, they were great. When I was but older in 2000, I guess 10 years ago it was like 2008, so that would have been right. They were playing a show for their Merryweather Post Pavilion um, album, that and that cover freaks me out. Yeah, it is, it's a, a trippy cover. Um, so, Merryweather Post Pavilion is actually a music venue in Columbia, Maryland, which is near DC, and so them playing at that venue near Baltimore was like a big thing. So, we all went, it was you know, it was like a highly anticipated show, we'll say that. This was after their. Um, single my girls was like really big and so this was a big deal. I'm going to admit to something slightly illicit which is that we were like we have to get edibles for this show it's going to be great. (laughs) I mean it's animal collection. Yeah we (laughs) were like (laughs) animals, animal collection it's going to be amazing so we go we're just such nerds that it was the kind of thing where like we had a designated driver and like we had like printed off from the internet okay that's like, not nerdy that's, that's totally we're responsible you know, we're older we're not like <laughs> yeah. even though the kids are like reckless we were like here's some information so if you <laughs> feel your heart beating and like drink water blah 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 like we were doing it you know doing it very safely and this venue is like an outdoor venue but there's a standing room park right up front and so we gotten like right up front it was very very crowded and as soon as my edibles kick in, they start playing. And I was like, wait a minute. I hate this. I don't like this music. And I like really had a, I, like really had one of those like Emperor's New Clothes moments where I was like, this is just noise. I don't like this at all. Like what like, what was I thinking? And so, you know, I was there with my boyfriend and my friends, and like they were all loving it. And I was like, you know what? I really need to not be listening to a- noise band right now wow. so I was like guys that's traumatizing it was actually. like I was just like I'm it's really crowded I yeah. have to go and so it wasn't like a like a bad trip it was just like I really don't enjoy this music and in fact I can't believe I ever enjoyed this music so wow. I was like guys enjoy the concert I'm gonna leave and I left and I since then I've just been like I don't know what I saw like, I really had that moment where I was like I don't know what I saw in this band I don't know why I liked them so much I go back and listen to them and I'm like I don't know what it was. I just really so interesting
2: yeah. yeah I have that experience like I don't think I've ever had it that close to the time when I liked a band but I have that when I go back and listen to the, some of the old stuff that I've like found from the old archives because I don't have a lot of that stuff I would have thought that I would have kept it forever because like at one point downloading music was like the only thing I did after I did my homework. <laughs> like, it same. was my second homework, you know what I mean? Same, same. Like, back when downloading music was a lot easier. What is LimeWire. LimeWire. I remember
1: her husband on LimeWire. On oh, the h- chat function. Yeah, no. she, she moved to. Um, <laughs> I've never even used a chat function Yeah, there was a chat function and she moved to Sweden to be with this guy. They're still together. I, <laughs> I so love awesome. that love story. That's amazing. Yeah, if Milani is <laughs> listening to this, she'll be like, oh, that's me. Shout out to Alani. Milani, And they a always been together and so we so it all was yeah, perfect comes love circle. story yeah, <laughs> those noise band love stories work
2: <laughs> yeah but there was, there was like a point when um like all that music that i had collected over all that time my laptop was stolen and i was and i hadn't backed it up but the part that really like um the part that made me really sad was that i had tried to back everything up before mm. and it didn't work my computer was just like this didn't happen and like I felt I had so much regret about like not trying again to do it yeah. but now like after I had to convince myself that this was a thing that like happened purposefully I was just like you know this was a purging yeah. like it was meant to start I was meant to start over and at think about point. it now
1: you live in an age of Spotify like you don't right. even need to have physical or like downloaded copies of music because it's all in the cloud you know mm-hmm. yeah music yeah. was a big that was my thing it, to me it still is it was a big part of my upbringing um, when I was very young, this is kind of a tragic story, uh, my first boyfriend, we met because we were both in choir together, and I loved music, and he loved music, and he was a singer, like a classically trained singer with a beautiful voice, and we both went to, like, we both were, had pretty conservative religious upbringings, and so the only music that I really had in my life was, like, very clean, wholesome music, like early Beatles, right? And when I started getting into, like, more experimental music, I remember specifically with Sonic Youth, I was so excited, and I remember being like, yo, you have to listen to this 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 band I found, they're amazing, and he listened to it, and he was like, I don't feel like I get it, and he was, like, really he was like really into, like, choir music, and I remember, like, I had to break up with him, because so I was like, yo, I could feel myself, like, getting really into bands and music, and I thought, like, if we can't share this, like, then what is this? And so we broke up, and it was very tragic. And now that guy is, like, a famous pop star in Korea. What? <laughs> so when we talk, he's like, it's funny how you dumped me, because I listen into music. Um, which one of us is a famous musician now? And I'm like, okay, you're right. Maybe famous is too strong. But it's interesting when you're young, and you, like, get into something, and you're like, this is going to be, you can tell, like, like, I could tell that, like, music was going to be a foundational part of my life. And... Even as like, a kid, I knew like I want to be with someone who shares that, and yeah, it's like I was the same way. Like going home and like going through Kaza and downloading music and like making mix CDs and waiting to hear one song on the radio and I like tape it, and then the, the DJ would just shut the f- off, and so you're like I'm trying to take the song here, you know? <laughs> you might be a little young for that, but that, trust me, that was a thing. <laughs> uh, I, I, yeah, I didn't do the whole taping <laughs> thing. It was all internet for me. Yeah. But, yeah. yeah. Um, but
3: yeah, I mean it's it's thing. I had an illegal CD burning business. Ooh! Because I didn't realize she was a young
1: hustler. I was young <laughs> hustler. I really, I really was. I had several side businesses. <laughs> You're um, like a white female Jay-Z, <laughs> uh, <laughs> But like not dealing drugs.
3: <laughs> I I didn't realize how illegal it was because it was so easy yeah. when we were younger. Yeah. So I, I had a I had a menu you would open and it had options and then you could request something or you could get
1: Annie's mix where I would ask what are your favorite songs and I would make a mix for oh you. Oh my god. yellow Yo, it. You've got to do that for all of us. Yeah, Like yeah, make a spot on my playlist. Like, what do you like? I and will. Then, oh I, my god.
3: I will. I was so successful <laughs> that um... Some guy, I didn't even know, I was going into Zaxby's, I remember this very clearly. It was like a 30-year-old man i never met said, are you Annie? I said, yes. And he said, can you make me a mix? Oh my God, that's
2: like my dream.
3: That's like my dream. Oh my God. The weirdest request I got was this one guy he wanted an entire CD of Under the Bridge by Red Hot Chili Peppers. Just back to back to back? Yes, and it I said that's
1: a good song.
2: I, I know, and I love that I song. I mean, there are 24-hour loops on YouTube now, so he's ahead of his time. <laughs> maybe,
3: maybe you're right. <laughs> he was ahead of his time. But to me, I was like, don't, don't you have repeat. You could put it on repeat, and I could put other songs on there in case you ever decide. He said, <laughs> nope, I just want a whole <laughs>
2: CD, as many as you can fit, of Under the Bridge. What do you think he was doing with that? Uh, you don't want to know. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, my corny wild card was, what's the last thing that made you cry? Oh. Oh, man. I
3: I was reading something that I'd written. This sounds so self-aggrandizing. But somebody asked me to find something I'd written as a, like, younger person, and I found it, and I read it, and it made me cry. Oh, God. God. Do you ever read something, and you look back at that period of your life, and you're just, it feels like a different person, (laughs) and you kind of mourn it. Yeah. I'm Mm -hmm. really sorry Uh, that... I changed so much, but you didn't know then what was going to happen. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it was a surprise. It was something I wasn't expecting to find, and I found it on my old laptop. So, Robert,
1: it's serious. Yeah. I struggle with that so much. Yeah, because it's like yeah. things that are like um, nostalgia and like poignant, like it's like that kind of yeah. thing. Like, that gets me, where it's like I haven't processed what this means, but it's really emotional. Yeah. yeah.
3: I didn't realize then what I was writing and now I have the emotional tools to
2: recognize. There have been many a times when I'm like reading letters on paper and just like there are tears falling on like the paper and like why am I doing
3: this to myself? I think that all the time. Why am I writing this? This is miserable. (laughs) What a great note. Right. <laughs>
1: well, wow, this is better. very uplifting <laughs> episode of sitcom, I never Told You. Yes. We're, we're <laughs> worth listening to. Please subscribe. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God.
2: <laughs> yeah, so that conversation that Annie, Bridget, and I just had was really awkward, but we hope that you guys got to know a lot more about us. Yes, I certainly learned a
3: lot about Bridget and Eves, and I had such a fun and awkward time doing it. So I hope that it was as enjoyable for you as it was for us.
1: And y'all already know I'm all about the awkward fun, so I hope that was fun for y'all. And let us know what you think. How's that conversation? Are you excited about the new voices and new direction for Spinty? We want to hear from you. You can find us on Instagram at Stuff Mom Never Told You, on Twitter, Mom Stuff Podcast. And as always, we love your emails at Mom Stuff at HowStuffWorks.com.